Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast at UT Belfast. We hope you enjoy as you join with us on Sunday mornings and listen in as we seek to inspire our church and the people of our city to encounter Jesus and just love it with the biggest heart of compassion possible. Hi and thank you for joining us at UT Belfast online. We're kicking off week three of our series called Joy in the Crazy Places. Now, when it comes to the crazy places, I'm not going to try and define to you what your crazy place looks like because every one of us, well, if you're in your crazy place, you know you're in your crazy place. You see, some people might be just passing through, but there are others who are listening in today that, well, you think you've taken up residence in a completely crazy place. No, in fact, if someone was to ask you, where do you live? You'd say, well, number four, Crazy Street in Crazy Town. That's my address. But can you find joy in those crazy places? It's the place when we, well, we run out of reasoning. Uh, No, we're trying to rationalize what's going on. It's the place where we stop faking it and start admitting it. It's just a bit crazy. Well, that's when you know you're in the crazy place. We're going to kick into Paul, and Paul's writing to the church at Philippi. And well, Paul is coming in his humanity, and and if you want to, you can hear it. You see, Paul in Philippians 3.12 says, I haven't got there yet. Well, that's not good, because there's nothing worse than somebody writing to you and saying, well, I've arrived, now you too can be where I am. No, Paul is coming with a humanity. In fact, if we listen in, we hear these phrases like, I choose. In other words, he's got a wrestle going on and he is making a choice. He makes a choice to feed his healthy, spiritual desires. He makes a choice to discipline his body. He makes a choice to to, to press on towards what matters most and who matters most. Paul comes as a man, but a man who has been set on fire and filled by the Spirit of God. And you see, Holy Spirit makes the difference. Paul's in a crazy place. He is under house arrest and he is chained to a praetorian guard. Think Star Wars. You know, the guys that are in red, you know, the, the, good, the real sort of hardcore guys, well, they're the Praetorian Guards. You no, know, they are the SAS, the operators, the elite of their day. They're kingmakers. They've got influence politically. They've got influence publicly. They've got influence privately and personally. These guys have power. And well, Paul, he's chained to them in his home, in his flat, and, and he's chained by this thing. The, the Greek word here is halusus. It's, it's this little chain that goes from your wrist to the soldier's wrist. And this is where Paul finds himself. Now, just think about it. Every time you scratch your nose, now, you're reminded of your limitations. Now, every time you cough, you're reminded of your limitations, every time you go to walk, every time you go to move, every, everything you do at every point in your day, you're reminded of your limitations. Well, that's Paul's crazy space. That's, God, that's Paul's crazy place. Now, Paul had realized, and Paul continually passes this on to us, 
that he knows that there's a weapon that no one can take out of our hands, no one can take away from us, that as followers of Jesus Christ, there's always something we can do. We can pray. Now, if you're living in crazy street, in crazy town, you might be thinking, yeah, yeah, Stephen, what prayer times are we talking about? No, no, no. You see, prayer sometimes just looks like a a whisper. It can even be a shout or a scream. It can sometimes not even be a word. It's something deeper, a cry. But Paul knows that we can pray, that we can make a, a, a something from our spirit towards God. We can pray. And well, Paul, he's praying. And in fact, he, pray, he finds joy in this kind of praying. And we read about it in Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. And it says, I thank my God every time I remember you. It's not good. Because there's some people, every time you remember them, you don't thank God. We see, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray for you with joy. And, And here's the reason. Because of your partnership in the gospel, From the first day, no, this all started, this church was planted with Paul and Silas in prison. It didn't stop then and it won't stop now. You know, Paul said, I want to thank you for your partnership from that day to this day. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He said, I always pray for joy or with joy. In all my prayers for you, he's filled with this joy and he's filled with a reason. And before we get to that reason, I don't know about you, but my prayers in the crazy places, they're not always filled with joy. (laughs) Now, sometimes if I'm being honest, I'm a bit more like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? No, those sort of prayers. But Paul has a greater perspective. And his perspective is this. That I thank God and I find joy when I pray for those people who are pursuing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who are taking seriously the cause of bringing people into the kingdom of God. I am so filled with joy that you are part of team Jesus. Come on, you are going for this. That's what fills him with joy. Paul is in prison, under house arrest. And the reason that we put people in prison or we put people under house arrest, it's ultimately we want to limit them. (laughs) We want to make them feel restrictions so that they know that they're no longer in control and they wait there until they are sentenced or until they face the punishment for their crime. Limitations. And see, Paul knows what it is to be limited on the outside. And ultimately, that's the plan of the devil, always. He comes along in the garden of Eden. And see, God's already spoken to Adam and Eve, and he said to them, I want you to subdue the earth. I want you to have authority. I'm going to come and I'm going to walk with you. We're going to have this amazing relationship. All of these things you can have. And then the enemy comes and says, Uh, But what about the one thing you can't? He he doesn't point out that limitless grace of God 
He points out the limitations. And when you're in prison, you're aware of your limitations. But Paul, Paul was also aware of a a battle. (laughs) And we hear this phrase, stop the steal. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) But I know of a real steal that's trying to go on. And the enemy wants to steal what is yours, what is mine, what has been paid for on the cross by Jesus Christ. He wants to ultimately kill us. In fact, he wants to bring us to a place where we feel so restricted, so limited, that we start to believe that this is how our story ends. That this is, this is it. But you see, he comes and says there is better. He comes and says there is more, there is bigger. But Paul, he reminds us of the greatest connection, the greatest reality that no matter what is going on, I can talk to God. The enemy wants to focus us on our limitations. God, he wants us to be big enough. He wants to be big enough that we can pray, that we can be fully alive, no matter what our crazy place. See, something happens when we pray. Now, Paul, we we can see some of the journey and the story unraveling. Paul, when he's praying, he's he's praying with joy. And this is where you find joy. When When you start to get that big picture and thank God for the people who are making a difference in the kingdom of God, who are pursuing the gospel, who are making Jesus famous, who are, who are taking his name above any other name. Oh, come on, there's joy in that stuff. He's excited about the partners in the gospel. In fact, he goes on to say to them, now, I want you to know, this is verse 12, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard. This is these praetorian guards. And to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. See, Paul is saying that Actually, it looks like I'm limited, but no, no, no. Something's going on, something greater, something more. In fact, other people are seeing this to the extent that they are being encouraged. You know, look look at Paul. Paul's being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's working through Paul's life. Well, the same Holy Spirit that's in Paul's life, it's the same Holy Spirit that's in my life, the same Holy Spirit that's in your life, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Come on. It's like, yeah, that gives me courage. That gives me strength. That that inspires me to keep on going. See, the crazy place and your crazy place And Paul's reminding us that the craziest of places are worth it if because of it, because of the Spirit of God moving through us, people come to Jesus. That's what makes it worth it. People find Jesus because that is what matters above all things. 
It's interesting when we read in Acts and Acts 28, coming to the end of the book. We read about Paul under house arrest and we read these words. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and he welcomed all who came to see him. So he was able to have visitors and guests. And he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. See, why, why didn't Luke, when he's writing this, why didn't he say, and then Paul got out of prison and Paul rode into the sunset and Paul lived happily ever after. You know, God came and prospered him. He got a nice house in Beverly Hills and he, he got a nice Lamborghini and well, it was all sweet. No, why didn't Luke tell us what happened to Paul? Because Luke's priority is not what happens to Paul. Paul's priority is not what happens to Paul. The priority is not us. It's him, it's his kingdom, and that Jesus Christ is made known. That's the priority. The priority is that we get this on the day of Pentecost when the church, 120 believers, normal people, were filled with the Spirit of God and they went from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. That that church in that moment became an unstoppable force that from that day to this day and in Paul's day will never end. That's the story, that's the glory, that's the big picture in our crazy places. You see, for me, what has been the challenge for me in this, it's this. Would I consider my crazy place worth it? If through it, Somebody gets to know Jesus forever. No, is it worth it? If, think of a, a, a kid who's never heard of Jesus and somehow they're looking in in your world or, or some, some friend or family and, they're, and they're, there's something different. This Jesus that you're talking about and have talked about, now you're getting it tough. They're like, now you're living it loud and they're like, you know, this Jesus they've talked about, well, they're living it and he's there for them and he's, he's with them and he's empowering them. And, and, and through your story, through his strength in you, they find Jesus. It's worth it. Our crazy place is worth it. See, Paul, he prays and he's reminded of his priorities. Our priority is the kingdom of God and that the gospel of Jesus Christ would be known throughout all of the nations of this world. Do you believe that God can do his best work in the crazy place? <laughs> See, Paul, <laughs> Paul just got on with being Paul. Uh, no, well, Paul loved the church, so he well, encouraged the church. He prayed for the church. He found ways of doing that and and feeding back to the church. He, he loved the church, so he encouraged the church. You gotta find joy. You wanna find joy, you just keep loving Jesus. Now, want him more, get him more, and you will find joy. Paul did what Paul does. He, he settled himself under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he wrote letters. <laughs> you know, normal letters, inspired by God. 
He wrote things that you and I read today that God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. That's good. Come on, Paul. We read these words, these letters that we now call scripture. See, do we believe that God can do his best work in your crazy place? Paul wrote letters and Paul loved Jesus. Praetorian guards, think about it. These hard men, these soldiers, hardened killers. Well, Paul just like loved Jesus. And think about it. You see, as a Christian, when someone's looking at you as a Christian and they know you're in jail for being a Christian, well, when they're looking at you, there's something about being chained to them that might make you more aware that they're watching you. And the reality is that someone is watching you. Someone's watching me. (laughs) There's always somebody watching us. And they're wanting to know, is this Jesus you talk about? Is he who we turn to in the crazy places? That's it. That's all they want to know. Is he still the same when it gets tough? Do we still love him? When sometimes we can't even find him? (laughs) See, Paul just overflowed Jesus. When someone come to visit, he wouldn't be talking about politics. He wouldn't be talking about, you know, oh, what's going on out there? And what are you listening to? What are you reading? Or how'd the football go? No, no. He'd just be talking about Jesus. Because we know he can't help but just talk about what he's seen God do. And in that, these soldiers, we know that some of them, well, they give their life to Jesus. They went to the palace and they shared the story of Jesus. They became influencers in places that Paul could never go. But the gospel was not limited. Paul just kept doing what Paul does. And I would encourage you to keep doing what you do. You know, maybe you can't preach. Well, what can you do? You can rap a neighbor's door and say hi. Maybe you're good at that. Maybe you're good at going shopping and well, get somebody else's shopping. Maybe you're good at you know, bake some Mars bar buns and drop them at someone's door. Maybe, maybe you're good at picking up the phone, praying with someone, you know, encouraging people. Just continue being who you are in the crazy places. So maybe you're thinking, there's no way God can do his best work in the crazy place. No. Well, what about Jesus? Who's fixing our eyes? On Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Crazy places, can you think of anywhere crazier than a cross? But God did his best work on the cross. The craziest of all places, Jesus found joy Because he knew on the other side of this cross would be God's best work. God can do his best work in the crazy places. And this is where we come to the end because we're coming to the place where we realize that the point of it all, the greatest point of it all, the greatest joy, the greatest 
pleasure and privilege of our lives. It's not found in our priorities. It's not found in understanding our uniqueness. It's not found in anything else but relationship with God. That's why Jesus was so full of joy. I hear this. Jesus wasn't full of joy because he was just like, oh, now they can come to me. <laughs> no, now, if you put your trust in Jesus, well, you can come to me. You can know the Father. Jesus was full of joy. Yeah, because we can come to him, but because he can now come to us. The Father can come to us. You see, this is a, a two-way thing. You know, not only is, is Jesus filled with joy because, well, we're filled with joy because Jesus lives, he defeated death and sin, and we can know the Father, our sins are forgiven, our eternity is sure, our life is now being lived to the full. Yeah, we've got joy. But he's got joy. He has got joy that you can come to him. Think about it. God smiles when we come to him. Remember, when you pray, say, our Father. He wants us to come as children, knowing that as much as the children are happy to see their father, well, their father is just filled with joy to see his kids. Come on. And as a father loves to see his kids come with, well, with with joy and happiness. He loves to see them come when they're hurting. Not because they're hurting, but because they want to bring him into their hurting. That when they're healing or when they're exploring and trying to work it all out and when they're wrestling, Father just loves that his kids come. As much as those children get joy, the Father gets joy. See, the greatest blessing for the church of Jesus Christ, and Paul loves the gospel, come on, like he really does. Paul loves planting churches. He loves church. There's no doubt in that one. But his prayer for the followers of Christ is that they would know God that's real joy so can you find joy in your crazy place today yes he's doing his best work you are changing in your crazy place God is making you absolutely better you're becoming better in your crazy place can you find joy yes because you can enter into the father through Jesus Christ can you find joy today yes but know this God the Father finds joy when you come. And perhaps today you're listening to this and you have never came to the Father. You've never said, Jesus, I, I, I want this. Jesus, whatever you're given, I, I, I want it. I, want, I need this in my life. Jesus, I, thank you for doing all of those things on the cross so that I can come to the Father. I, I want that joy, but... But you're, you're kidding me, Stephen, that 
I, I get all that and, and God's also filled with joy when I come. Yeah, yeah, just come. And you'll be met with a father who loves you so much that he gave his only son so that you and I could have life to the food. God bless you today as you find joy in the crazy places. Hi everyone, thanks for listening in on our Sunday podcasts. Check us out on our Facebook, Instagram at UT Belfast.